0: Welcome to Ramdas Here and Now. I'm your host, Raghu Marcus. Well, I came across some unreleased lectures that Ramdas gave after he first came back from India. So this is actually March of '69, and they are part of the what we call the "Be Here Now" tapes, because there was a succession of programs that Ramdas did when he came back in New York City, at a place called the Sculpture Studio, and uh, in other places, including at uh, his father's uh, farm in New Hampshire. Now, the first that I, the first uh, lecture that I'm going to. Uh, play after this little introduction is um it's interesting because Ramdas is is actually giving some meditation instructions and uh i think this can be really helpful for all of us actually it's a meditation that we ended up when we went back with Ramdas the second time that he went back which was uh for many of us, in 1970, at the end of the year. And um, the first thing that happened is many of those people, including Ramdas, ended up at a Vipassana meditation course. That's insight meditation, which the teacher at the time, whose name was Goenka, um, had uh, studied or practiced in Burma, which is where this particular meditation uh, comes from. So the interesting thing though is that so Ramdas must have known about I this is something I I haven't asked him and I'm not really sure what the answer is but he must have picked this up the first time he was in India um and he must have done a little of this vipassana and uh, in this particular exercise he gives uh just the the basic thing about how to get focused how to use concentration and uh, just uh, where you can go behind the thoughts and you're not captured by them. Anyhow, I, I would also say at the time that we went back, many of us started to do this particular practice. Now, Maharaji Karoli Baba, our guru, he never, ever said, do this or do that. And if you've been listening to these podcasts, uh, I think I, I, not I think, I do know, I told the story of asking uh, Maharaji how to meditate because figured uh, that's what you do. You get to India, you get a guru, you get a mantra. So, um, and then, of course, he said meditate like Christ. He was lost in love. He was lost in love with every sentient being. And there was a really powerful moment. So he never really, so he wasn't teaching anything in particular, not yoga, not meditation, not chanting, not studying holy books. But at the same time, of course, all of that was happening. And I remember at one point, uh, a, a few of us decided, okay, it was our turn. We had not been to the vipassana meditation course and it was centered in Gaya, where buddha was enlightened under the bodhi tree and so we were going to go there and of course we said maharaji can you know is this a good idea and to go do this the course because he used to say the course in english he would go the course go to the course and so that's what he said to us Jiao. go to the course any opportunity seemed he had to get rid of us for a while was a was a good opportunity (laughs) and so off we went to the course and uh it was a 10-day course and then on the way back we came back we actually met him at uh, a mentor of ours house in Allahabad where the big big melas are held um where the Ganges and the Yamuna and the Saraswati all meet, so we get back there, and Maharaji sitting out on Dada's veranda, and Dada is is the mentor that we had, somebody we, should, I'd love to talk about in another one of these podcasts. Who's an incredible being, and uh, so we get there, Maharaji, as I said, he's sitting out, you know, on the veranda with some other Indian people, and we come up and we. We greet him and Pranam, and he says, So you were at the course? Yeah, we went to the course. So he said, Well, show me what you learned. What, what, show me what did you learn? Show me you know how to meditate now? And we were all like, Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, just imagine this we're in our early 20s, you know, m- most of us, except for Ramdas. Uh, who's a little older. And uh, and there we are with this being who is like part of the fabric of the universe. I mean, he's just part of everything. He's not there's not it's an empty, you know, there's nothing going on there. And yet at the same time, he's chatting us up about this meditation thing. So we all decide, okay, we'll show you. And we sat as with straight backs with our legs crossed like yogis and with our eyes clenched shut. Now, God knows what any of us were doing at the time, and it wasn't meditating, I'll tell you that. And then as soon as we did that, we heard this high-pitched laughter from him. Maharaji was, look, look, they know how to meditate. He was telling the other Indians. So this was our spiritual life with uh, our guru, Neem Karoli Baba. He kept it light. I guess that's about all we could handle. So, here and now is Ramdas with a meditation on the breath.
1: Put your hand right on your abdomen. That's sort of right below your rib cage. And notice that when you breathe in, if you're relaxed, the abdomen rises. And when you breathe out, it falls. Everybody know what I'm talking about? You find your abdomen? Okay. They would say, that is the instruction. You will now observe. You don't have to hold it unless you need to to find it. You will now observe your abdomen rising and falling. Don't attend to your breath. Just attend to the abdomen, rising and falling. Now, for the next Three minutes, roughly. You have all come here. You've dedicated your evening to whatever it is you thought you would get here. The student learns by daily increment the way is gained by daily loss. Let's see how close to the way we can get. For the next three minutes, all you have to do in life, you don't have to evaluate whether anything is happening. You don't have to decide whether it's worth doing it. Stop. Turn off the whole judgmental game. (coughs) All you have to do for the next three minutes is attend to your abdomen. All you got to do, you don't have to listen to the sounds outside. You don't have to think about your body. You don't have to do anything. Just put it all in neutral. And every time your abdomen goes up, think rising. And every time it goes down, think falling. All these three minutes, you certainly, of all the rest of the time when you're planning, thinking, remembering, you're doing that all your life. For three minutes, you can turn it off. And I'll tell you when the three minutes is up, you can begin. Home. If you were capable of carrying out that exercise, so that all that you felt was the abdomen rising and falling, and all that you heard was the inner sound of the words rising, falling, rising, falling, and in the course of just those three minutes, you had no other thoughts. You didn't hear the bus go by. I didn't instruct you to listen to the bus go by. You didn't notice any sensations of from your behind on the seat, your legs hurting, didn't instruct you to attend to your body. All the instructions are very simple, just attend to rising, falling. Rising, falling. Well, if you understand the instructions, the old Theravadan Buddhist monk would say to you, then we may proceed, and he would walk out and close the door. And there you would be, For, at least, at the beginners, it is recommended you do three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon, three hours in the evening. Rising, falling. Rising, falling, rising. Now, imagine you're me. After all, I have a PhD. I have been rewarded for thinking. And I am put in this room and given this inane exercise to do. Just think rising. Falling, rising, falling, For three hours, three hours, rising, falling. If you could do that, if it's much harder than it might appear at first glance, then you have developed one pointedness of mind, which is the first prerequisite, first stage of going in behind your own rational mind to get to that go through that discontinuous place through the doorway into the next state of consciousness, into your atman, into your atman. Or you may want to try it, these gentle little things, try it with a candle flame. Set a candle flame out about two hands like this from the middle of your eyebrows, this is called trataka. Just about even with your Ajna. And you relax, get a good comfortable position with your head, neck and chest upright, however. Doesn't have to be the lotus position, just straight up. And there's the candle and there you are. Now, most people, when they look at a candle, they try. Remember, we can't try, you've got to give up trying. You're trying to become enlightened. You're trying to become one with the candle. You're trying to have a change. No, no, can't do any of that. Just you and the candle. You're hanging out together. You hang out. You and the candle. There we are. Just me and the candle. Me and the candle. Five minutes. Just me and the candle and all my thoughts. And all the sounds. The clock ticking. Me and the candle. There is. Feel my hand holding the candle. Faces, bodies, sounds, thoughts, they're all like those little spring bugs around flames, thousands of them. Just me and the candle and all these thoughts and sensations and visual and auditory and kinesthetic and taste and smell, all rushing around. Vivekananda likens the mind to a drunken monkey. He says it's a monkey that is drunk on wine and has been bitten by a scorpion. And it's angry. And it's rushing around and it's just going from thought to thought. So that around the candle flame and you, there are thousands, your mind is just rushing everywhere. I would be sitting in the temple in the Himalayas and the guru would say to me, the next day I'd be, I'd go to the guru and he'd say, you were in America last night. He was just checking where my head was. <laughs> Found me in America. He looked for me all over. <laughs> And he'd find me at the Fillmore Auditorium or eating Thanksgiving dinner or some, some old desire, running through again, running an old tape. With the candle flame in me and all these thoughts, on and on, until an interesting thing happens. Just relax and let it happen. You don't try to do anything. And after a while, the most <coughs> interesting thing is there is just the candle flame in you. All the rest of it starts to fall away. You can't rip it away. You can't stop thinking. But if you don't reinforce it, it sort of gets extinguished. It takes quite a while, though, because you've been rewarded for thinking all the time. It's a thinking man's cigarette. (laughs) It's a thinking man's life. Plan. Plan for the future. Think. Think. Now, just let the thoughts just drift by. Wow, look at that thought. I haven't had that one in a long time. On and on they come, on and on, for weeks, for weeks, I mean, at least, at least, maybe for a lifetime. But if you just let them go, if you don't get attached to them, see, the thing is, they're very seductive. So you're thinking all these irrelevant thoughts, and they're all going away, and then along comes a really luscious one, <laughs> and it really sucks you in again. And about two days later, you wake up and say, oh, wow, I was looking at the candle flame doing trotac, and then I started to think about that old and maybe you'll be sucked into that same one another hundred times before the next time it comes like oh that one. Oh, no not this time baby I'm not going on your trip just the candle flame and me See, you gotta really want to finish with your worldliness because your thoughts will always take you back there and then pretty soon there's just you and the candle flame and there's this absolute calm place that descends on you Absolutely, perfectly calm. You're now halfway home. You've really made a major step. You've calmed your mind down. There's only two of you, you and the candle flame. Pretty good. So then you, you, you usually pat yourself on the back and then Mm -hmm. that's a thought and then you gotta go through that one. And then as the months wear on and the nettle fur grows on your skin, You keep right on doing this, and lo and behold, one day, there is just the candle flame. (laughs) Just the candle flame. That is called making samyama on a candle flame, which means as you become the candle flame, you really understand candle flames, because you are it. That's all you have left, is candle flames. You have just done an extraordinary thing. You have extricated your awareness from the time-space locus, which you thought was you, originally, in that first birth. And you've just wiggled your way out of it until suddenly that time-space locus you always labeled as where you started from wasn't where you were starting from at all, because now there's only a candle flame, and that's where awareness is. There is a meditation given by, in fact, it's the primary method given by the realized being Ramana Maharshi in southern India. Ramana Maharshi was 17 years old, and he became realized, and he never became unrealized. I mean, lots of us get high, but we come down. But he got there, and he stayed there, and he went off to Mount Arunachala, which is a very holy mountain. It's the mountain where Shiva Sits one of the mountains where Shiva sits, and he he sat there, and he was very very high. Many 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 thousands of people were touched by his spirit, by his presence. Very pure, very simple, very very beautiful being. And he said, "Look, the only game is to know who you truly are. Let's get on with it." So he gives this meditation, which is an extraordinarily interesting meditation. If you can do it. It takes a kind of a power of thought that is difficult to develop. It is using, it is beyond yoga we're talking about this evening, that is using the mind to go beyond the mind. And the method is to sit comfortably and say first, I am not the body. Now, I'll give you a little game you can play in doing this meditation, it's very interesting. You put I in the middle of your head, so you say, I, 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 until you experience I-ness right in the middle of your head, I, 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 then when you say, I am not the body, you can experience your body as object, and I in the middle of your head as subject, I am not the body. History's torso is all you going to work on now. Now you say, I am not my five groups of organs of motion. And you take your arms and you say, I am not my arms. And then you feel your arms. You know when your arm goes to sleep and you then lift it and it feels like somebody else's arm? Or it's been resting on top of the other arm and suddenly you notice... You have this strange arm resting. Well, that's the experience that you working at. I am not this arm. Then I am not these legs. And the five organs of action are the arms, the legs, two, tongue, three, anal sphincter, and the genitals, spine. Organs of action, motion. And in each case, you attend to it, and you make it object, and make the eye in the middle of your head subject. Then you say, I am not the five senses. Now, if you are in a room where a clock is ticking, and you start to read a book, you usually don't hear the clock tick. Almost everybody in this room has had that experience. And then you put the book down, and the clock is ticking. Well, now, that was involuntary. There is the clock ticking, there is your ear hearing the clock tick, and then there is your awareness attending to your ear hearing the clock tick. Three components. What the game now is, is to separate awareness from the ear hearing the clock tick. That is, you make the ear, first you make the clock object, then you make the ear hearing the clock object, so that you have done voluntarily what before you know you can do because you've all done it involuntarily. That is, you say, I am not my hearing, and then you observe your ear hearing. I am not my seeing, I am not my smelling. I am not my tasting. Feel the tongue tasting. It's doing its thing. The tongue is doing its thing. And here I am in the middle of my head watching the tongue doing its thing. I am not the skin feeling. You can feel your hand on your leg or make it all object. All object. And now. We'll start with the internal organs. I am not circulation. Now, you may or may not be able to feel your heart beating and your blood circulating. Later on, you can when you work on this stuff, but at first it may be strange to you. That you can visualize it. I is still in the middle of your head. Then I am not my digestion. I am not my excretion, my intestine, large intestine. I am not my respiration. Make breathing object now. Breathing is object. You're in the middle of your head. I am not, this is an interesting one, I am not my perspiration. Just feel the like, whole excreting through the skin process. Put I in the middle of the head. Now we're very close to the critical place. Now comes the tricky one. There's only one left, but this is the stinker.. You've got all that. You've done with your body, you're done with your legs, arms, nose, eyes, and you may, you know, you may lose along the way. You've just finished with your eyes and suddenly you notice you're your body again. So you've got to go back and do that. It may take you a few hours to get this, you know, really going. Now you say, I am not this thought. Which thought am I not? The thought, I am not this thought, is over there. And I am not it. Any label I put on myself is now a thought which I am not. Now, if you can do that, you have just extricated yourself from, from space from a space, from a fixed spatial point. You have gone behind the I-thought. Gone behind the I-thought. If you do that, you then enter into the first level of what is called Samadhi.
0: This podcast is brought to you by the Love Serve Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. We appreciate you listening and we appreciate all the support that you've given us. Please continue that support and donate at Ramdas.org. We can then continue to share what Ramdas has been sharing for all of these years. Thank you.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What do you need to get off your chest? We all carry around different stressors, both big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It's also a great way to learn to resolve conflict, develop positive coping skills, and much more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash today to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P dot com slash